0: Snidely Whiplash, yeah? (laughs) Meh! Well, now, see if Dudley Do Right can get you now. (laughs) I wonder if people, like,
1: that had to come from somewhere, right? Hmm. Were people really just tying women to railroad tracks?
0: Yeah, you know where that's from?
1: Silent movies. No, I know, but I Uh. mean, people had to have been doing that at some point, right? Or is that, like, somebody in the movies thought up? There's something somebody in the movies thought up. Because if we were doing that to people, mm-hmm. like, that means that like, two dudes just stood around and waited for a train to cut a woman in half.
0: Well, the other thing, too, is if we think about... Or I guess in into thirds. Yeah. But we also think about modern day, etc. You know, so in rural areas, it could have happened, or it could have been um, you know, an urban legend, or whatever they called them, back, uh, you know, a folktale back in the day, and they said, well, fuck, think about it. You know the train's coming. We can show a picture of the train, show the woman screaming, show the hero... This is going to be fucking millions of dollars. And it became, again, shorthand. Now, it was the cartoons all the way through the 50s and 60s, and because of that, we still get it. Like, people my age got it, because we were watching the reruns of Bullwinkle and shit and Dudley Do-Right. We taught our kids, so we got at least one more generation. I mean, it lasted. That fucking trope lasted a long-ass time, if you think about it.
1: I mean, we really should just reinvest in our infrastructure as far as trains go because they are very useful. So long as you're not running them on coal. Mm -hmm. If you update your rail infrastructure, it could
0: run so much more efficiently and more profitable. But nobody wants to. Well, see, I love trains. I grew up on them. The L. We used to get the weekend pass. You could, oh my God, you could buy a like, you get a monthly pass, right? You get a whole monthly pass for all the buses, you get your bus pass, but every, you can buy, there was a time where you could buy a weekend pass for the rail. So like if I wanted to go to any of the suburbs, I could, I can get on the L, zoop out to the train, take any suburb I wanted to go to and just hang out. And I fucking loved it. I, Cause I didn't have to drive. You could read, you could catch up. This was before cell phones for me, but you know, if I had a cell phone, I could be writing on, on, on the L instead of trying to do it on the bumps and shit. It's fucking great. I'd, Driving, I hate it so I'd love it. If we had an actual useful, you know, effective rail, system. rail system, yeah, yeah,
1: God, and yeah. you can, yeah, and that's the beauty of them is they go if there is one in like an actual city, they go pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, to an extent, obviously, there's not going to be one every six corners, but I mean, you can get to
0: faraway places in a reasonable amount of time via well, rail. It's always the joke for me when I was growing up. If you couldn't get there by bus, cab, or L, or train, I didn't fucking want to go there. Because why would I want to go someplace where you couldn't get to? Nobody else wants to go there. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I actually miss it. I miss The only thing I don't miss is grocery shopping that way. Oh, I used to have to do that on
1: a bus. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I understand. It's probably around the same uh, experience.
0: Uh-huh, just like, and plus then if the elevator is out, you're, you're toting that up three flights. hmm And God damn if I'm making two trips, because my groceries probably not going to be down there when I go up. So. Oh, absolutely not. I had no. giant carabiners, and I'm carrying like 15 bags of groceries up the stairs. It was lovely. hmm Mm, those yeah, were the days speaking of lugging
1: your ass up three flights of stairs hey everybody welcome to horror vomit where we talk about horror movies so you don't have to my name is chris faff and i am one of your hosts and i am james marino the other one of your hosts and this week my friend mm-hmm. new year new you new me new us new mm-hmm. show same old bullshit yes but i can tell everybody but,
0: i got a tie for christmas
1: Hey, we are talking about 2011's The Innkeepers. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by Ty West, starring Sarah Paxton as Claire, Pat Healy as Luke, Kelly McGillis as Leanne Reese Jones, James Moreno, yes. my good and trusted friend. Teehee. How.
0: T. <laughs> I saw the way you looked at me when you said that. (laughs) With lust in my loins. Mm -hmm. How did you like the innkeepers, my friend? I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. Because it hit me on so many levels. Like, I went into this movie on purpose. Read nothing about it. You know, we've watched a a couple haunted hotel kind of jobbers, you know. And I just had zero expectations. I just let the movie have its way with me. And uh, I was... Fucking pleasantly surprised. It's like three different movies. And all of them were good. You know, it, it had some of the... Not, remember when we were complaining about... Oh, God damn it. The one with Viggo Mortensen, the, the vampire the one. The reflecting skin. Yeah. it had. You know, it started out... You think it was going to be bullshit 90s dialogue. It wasn't. It was good 90s dialogue. We We're just talking. You know, it's just people. character. You know, developing character. How rare is it, I can maybe count seven or eight out of the bunch that we've watched where you get to watch actual character development. And this was probably the most realistically drawn characters I've seen in a long time. What threw me about this movie is this is a a distant pull, but Pat Healy um, was best friends with um, my friend's brother from high school. And I used, I'd used i seen him around. You know that hair sticking straight up? Mm-hmm. That's Late Night Pat right there. That's that's 2 o'clock at Perkins Pat right there. And it took me a minute because I've never, ever seen anything with somebody that I know personally in it. I don't know him well. It's not like we're buddies. But I know him well enough to know, oh, shit, that's him. But then he's acting. And it took me a couple seconds because that's not him. And then, oh, this is a movie. So I had to run through that in my head. But uh, pad so good that I, it didn't take that long. I'm like, okay, now it's the film. It was like two seconds because if it probably been anybody else or the acting hadn't been good, I'd have been caught up on that the whole movie. But I got to see all the character film and the realistic characters. Very, I think I maybe once or twice, and I can't remember exactly where somebody did something that I was like, oh come on, you know. Everything that they did was just beautiful. I think what ruins a lot of movies, I'm sorry, I'm on a tangent here, ruins a lot of movies is that, um, A, they don't allow time to breathe, and if they develop characters, there's nothing that happens because of it. A lot of movies are striving to make giant swings for great, and they don't make a good movie. It's a fucking good movie. Mm Mm-hmm. If I went and really thought about it, this is a solid 80% movie. And I'm talking about out of all the movies I've seen, not just horror movies, out of all the movies I've seen, this is better than 80% of the movies I've seen. That's what I mean when I say this is an 80% movie. That's not a denigration in any way, shape, or form. That's high praise. Because they, they concentrated on the good. They, they concentrated on the crafting. They concentrated on the way things looked the way things sounded. This is the first time we've watched a movie where I noticed the soundtrack but then stopped because this is the first movie in a while we've, I've, I've seen that had an actual scored soundtrack where these things are for a reason, that everything is directed for a reason. It's actual sound design and choices made. And I noticed it because it had been lacking in quite a few, and then I stopped noticing it, again, because it was so god damn good they took good and brought it to great and i'm ha- i'm satisfied with good but they did so good that they made something even better and i i love that about this movie we can get into details about it what made it that good but that i just i just had to i was having this thought on the way up here on the car that it was an 80 percent film but i felt the need to explain it because 80 percent doesn't sound that great but out of all of the films i've ever watched it's at 80 percent so,
1: I, uh, I think I told you this off mic when we had talked about doing this, and it's weird that I have a ranking for these, but I really, really love you know haunted blank movies, mm-hmm. ghost films. This is solidly my third favorite ghost movie. Really? And that is behind The Frighteners
0: and the original Haunting from 63. See, I've, I've not seen the original Haunting, but The Frighteners is one of my favorite fucking movies. Yes.
1: And I, I think to say that this would be my third favorite ghost movie behind those two is I've watched a lot of fucking ghost movies Mm -hmm. I've watched a lot of good ghost movies. I fucking love this movie. Every single time I watch it, I, I almost didn't watch it for this because I've seen it so many times. Mm. I enjoy this so goddamn much and I really, really like Ty West's movies. Because they all have very good parts in them. I mean, I'm going to say that vaguely. They all have very good horror parts in them. Yes. But they're also kind of silly. Yes. But not one-liner, try to be jokey, funny, silly. Mm-hmm. It's situational funny. It's situational organic funny. It's kind of like how the Coen brothers are funny. Mm-hmm. Where it's not jokes. It's just weird life situations. Mm-hmm. Weird shit that happens or weird shit that people say that make his movies kind of awkward and the way that he films things sometimes is almost in a Looney Tunes style. I never really thought about it, but yeah. And I really enjoy that. It, that the Looney Tunes comparison is the best that I could come up with, mm-hmm. but there is something so fun and playful and you can tell when all of that stops yes. in Ty West's films. And, and again, it's a it, counterpoint. It does. They stop
0: abruptly. When it's time to get down to the spookies. And, and again, it's a beautiful counterpoint. You, you don't see counterpoint done this, this boldly. Point, counterpoint, point, counterpoint. And if you're not really looking at it as far as tone's concerned, it, it seems like a very flat movie in one way. But if you think about it situationally, tone and mood, there's constant back and forth. And, uh, it builds, it builds a certain tension. And again, it in, it's in a subtle way because we're, when I look at tension, um, we've seen a lot where I, you get tense because you don't know where you are at or you don't, the rhythms off or that type of thing. His point counterpoint happens in a rhythm, but it is in a way that I'm unused to being, um, having it presented. Yeah. So Usually my unease comes from something else, but because of that rhythm, you're not really clocking it as a thing until you stop and look at it as a whole. You're like, oh shit, he did it with the, with the point counterpoint, with the, the light and the dark. And that, that is amazing. To, mm-hmm. How many subtle things, that, every, for everything we catch, think about how many different subtleties we've missed just because, wait, we, why would you think of that? You know, holy shit, that's fucking amazing. So, I I think I realized too
1: the reason that I really, really love this. There's two reasons for this. One, he does ghost movies correctly because if it's kind of, ghosts are almost the same as zombies. If you make your movie about the ghosts, it's probably going to suck. The ghosts cannot be the main focus. It's like the witch movies. The characters have to be the main focus of your ghost film because you have to care if they are being haunted. Mm -hmm. It can't just be constantly spooky because that gets boring. It makes for absolutely no tension. That's why we don't see a ghost for 35 minutes in this film. Mm -hmm. And it is almost perfectly timed. I love it. It gives, like you said, it gives the entire script room to breathe. And that being said, the second reason that I like it, it does that in the same way that classic films do. You can tell very much that Ty West is influenced by old classic films because it has the same kind of plotting. The same, well, we need a very long part because in, you know, 1942, they didn't have all the money in the world to do, you know, crazy haunting, spooky effects all the time. You just kind of needed like Bella Lugosi to look like a weirdo Mm -hmm. and then to get to know the characters and to care when something happened to them. Mm -hmm. And it's very classic in that way that it takes a very long time for things to get going. But what that does is, it ingratiates you into the characters and the story. And so when things start to go haywire, you go, Oh shit, I feel like I know this person. And, which leads me to the other point that the characters in this are almost perfect.
0: Yeah, and and what I like about it too is there's no judgments on it. There's this is not a morality tale. This is not a you know, it happened to you because Nope. This is well, you know, they're kinda interested in so they went to go hotel. But shit's real. But it's done in a way and this is we, we talked about this uh in another movie, where there's nothing that happens in this movie that's completely unexplainable until the, there's a couple but i mean like all the scares all the weird shit is like it's plausible it's very plausible there's you know there's no the ghosts aren't running through walls and you know ripping people's hearts out and shit Mm-mm. but it's causing things and it's causing things, and it's psychological, and then there's a little bit of real, which makes it even better, and in the way they, you know, it is, it isn't, I believe, I don't believe, going back and forth, it keeps you tense, because you're wondering their real motivations, did they really believe it, or did they not believe it, why are they there, why aren't they there, and they did the one thing, that I'd been dreaming about happening in a movie, and they did it, hey, I I was fucking around. I I thought it was all bullshit. I would just keep a website. Fuck a bunch of all this. I'm out. He left and stayed left. Came back in the morning, I guess, or came back to check later. But I I couldn't tell. Like when I was watching the movie. Came back that night because he heard her die in the basement. Right. But I couldn't tell if he came back that morning and that was her seeing all that. Remember, because I couldn't tell if that lady was still there or not still there. Because I was getting, I'm still thinking Abaddon Hotel. Maybe the ghosts were making her see the people that she already knew. That's where my brain was running. Like Kelly McGillis? Yeah. Like they were there originally and then they left just like that old dude kept coming back. I I was thinking that maybe that the ghost was manifesting them. They weren't really there anymore. They had already left. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay.
1: I I didn't pick up on anything that would lead to that conclusion, personally. That's all
0: right. My brain works the way it does.
1: Yeah. And one of the things that is so good about this to me, because you know that I love a slow burn, Mm -hmm. is letting us get to know these characters. And then it does a little game all throughout where something weird happens and it's explained immediately. Yeah. What's that noise in that storm door? oh, she opens it up and it's a fucking bird that flies out at her. Yeah, and, and then she locks the fucking door. And then she locks door. the door. Oh.
0: Sealing her own fate. Because I know when, they, when the door lock happened, they, they zoomed in on it. Mm-hmm. But so much shit happened right after that. I forgot that they zoomed in on it until the end of the fucking movie when she's pushing on the goddamn door. And I'm like, fuck, she locked the door. And the sleight of hand that, you know, that misdirection that they did they were very obviously drawing your attention to that locked thing. Mm-hmm. Then, they sh- then they dangled the disco ball. And when you looked at the disco ball, you forgot about that. But it was so ingrained in my memory that when it came back, you're like, fuck. The, the, the just, that's just beautiful.
1: Uh-huh. One of the things that I really, really love, and it reminded me of a movie that we watched recently uh, and also really loved, and me particularly for this reason, it, it, obviously this came first, but it reminded me of when we watched When Evil Lurks. Okay. And there's no lore, really. Yes! Yes! Yes, I really enjoy that when we get the most amount of lore that we get in this story is what you would find in like a children's book, mm-hmm. maybe two, three paragraphs, very vague. It's it's one of those things that you would see a haunted hotel in this, you know, small town. Well, this happened here in 18, whatever. And, and, and that's it. That's the story. They don't give us any more than that. There's no, what can we do to set the ghost free? What can we do to put its
0: soul at ease? No, it just wants to kill you. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact, again, slow burn, slow burn, slow burn. And, and any other movie I'd have been bored as fuck, you know, 13 minutes of walking on the stairs, fuck me running. But they peppered it with such beautiful character building dialogue where they have outside. The few outside people were there to go, Oh, can anybody stand this person? They are connecting. You're, you're getting to know, and you're, you're agreeing with them. It's almost like you're hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. The way they're talking, I felt like I should be sitting there going, "Hey, would you fucking turn that country ass sounding shit off?" I got, you know, I felt like I was in the hotel with them, and I was in the other room listening to the conversation. Yeah, because I again, those
1: small details, those small details of remembering that, oh yeah, the world exists outside of just the frame that you're in. When she's pounding, <coughs> excuse me, pounding on Luke's door. Mm-hmm. And she talks to him and he goes back to bed and she turns around and there's Kelly McGillis in the hallway, like, hey, could you keep it down? <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. There are other people. They didn't just gloss over that she was just banging
0: frantically on a door at three o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my favorite parts too, there, there was no need for that kid and the, the lady and the kid except telling the spooky stories, and she's just out of pocket telling this horrific tale to this fucking 10-year-old kid. Yep. Just looking horrified. And then a little later, she gets freaked out because she hears the piano play or something, and she runs down in her drawers, starts yelling. She's shielding the kid's eyes like you would. Nothing there is cartoonish. It's exactly what would happen. Like, oh, got underwear. But it is such a Looney Tunes situation uh-huh. that... You, you forget everything else that you saw because you realize, oh shit, they are in their underwear. They are in the lobby of a hotel, a working hotel.
1: Yeah, for a few more days, but yeah. yes. It, this it, is <laughs> This is a woman who is going through a very hard time with her husband. Mm-hmm. Her and her child are staying at this hotel for some sort of refuge. And... <laughs> Nobody is taking care of the hotel. They're not getting
0: towels. Luke doesn't give a shit. And everybody hates them. Why? I Because they want a regular room because they paid for it. They're being completely reasonable. Yes. But they were both, Do- fuck these people. Fuck that lady. Yeah. And I'm sitting there for a couple of seconds going, yeah, fuck that. No, wait. Yeah. She, she just got abused and she's... Trying to save her kid. You guys are being douchebags. Fuck both of you. Uh huh. But while I'm watching the movie, I'm so involved in what they're doing. Uh huh. That I'm like, yeah, fuck that lady. So involved in the conversations
1: <coughs> that those two are having together. Mm hmm. Because, and this is, I've read a few reviews that Sarah Paxton's character is completely unbelievable. Nobody acts like that dog shit. <laughs> That is ridiculous. That is one of the more believable characters that I have seen in a film, just in general. Mm-hmm. Because she is just a very odd, very innocent. Mm-hmm. Didn't hurt anybody. Doesn't plan on hurting anybody. But one of those people that just never took that step into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And is just choosing not to at this point because every time somebody tries to have an adult conversation with her, she
0: turns into a child. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. And the other thing too is, um, I know a bunch of people that are like way into a cult, like almost true believers. Where they, they never say, "Oh yeah, I really believe," but you, you, they kind of fucking do. Yeah, you know what I mean. And she has the the way she was portraying that character is like she always believed that there was ghosts. See, and now there's a real ghost. And for somebody who's way down for that shit, part of them is like scared when... like As soon as somebody said, hey, yeah, no, the ghosts are real and they want to fucking kill you, out on unass, but I know the type. If ghosts are real, I'm going to be the person and I'm going to fucking prove to the world that these goddamn ghosts are real. Mm-hmm. Because, damn it, they are. And you need to know, because I've been right this whole time. And it, again, nothing's writ large upon, but the way that it was portrayed on screen, I'm like, oh yeah, she, that's why I never doubted the fact that she would even kind of even think about going towards the basement. Right. Because a rational person wouldn't, but a true believer would. Mm-hmm. And little hints in like she, the, her reaction to, um, when Luke, or what's his name? Luke? Yeah. Yeah. When Luke says, hey, look, I don't, I didn't, I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe in any of this shit. No. I am going, fuck this place, and left. And her reaction to that is like, like I've been waiting for this, and you're going to fucking leave me? Yeah. What about all of the things that you said? Mm-hmm. And, and on top of that, too, it's like, I need somebody here because they were talking in the beginning, hey, you ever notice how it's always when the equipment doesn't work or you're alone or this or that? And the, the way it broke down, it could be happenstance or it could be the way that it was set up by the spirit. To only, they don't want everybody believing they want you to believe it because fucking, you know, we're going to fuck with you. And I love that little bit too. There's just so many little tiny things that if you start to pick it apart, like usually if I, I don't try real hard to unravel some movies because I'm afraid if I unravel it, it'll just fall apart and I won't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling I could come in here with a microscope and take it frame by frame. Yeah, because even Pat Healy's character... He's a fucking
1: 35-year-old, at least 35-year-old fucking loser that works at a front desk at a closing hotel whose best friend is, like, a 20-year-old girl. Mm, I like you. Uh Uh-huh. And who has this real shoddy-ass website that he has set up to try and impress
0: this young lady that he works with. I am not particularly hip. (laughs) to what websites looked like in 2011. But that fucking computer looked like it was from 99. Yeah,
1: and uh, again, that was uh, on purpose. That was very much purposeful to show that, yeah, he's this fucking dumb dick who doesn't know what he's doing and doesn't
0: really take it seriously. Also, because I am the biggest douchebag that ever walked the face of the planet, if I got to ask Pat any question at all, I would ask him if that was his own personal porn list or did they make that list up for the movie oh that has to be made up i don't know for a prop
1: movie screen yeah i'm pretty sure they made that up james
0: well i think that after that they probably made all of those movies cuz it was on a movie i'll say you ask him that and
1: he will never speak to you again it's not like <laughs> we're
0: hanging out and speaking now i don't think it makes a fuck bit of difference no not at all no nope.
1: But I really do love the the game that this movie constantly plays. If we're going to talk about the scares of something happening and then it being completely rationally explained, the best of which being when the old man shows up and Mm. she's in the closet getting him towels Uh and they do the very obvious. He's standing behind her when she bends down to get towels, Mm. stands up again, bends back down and he's gone. He's just in the hallway looking at pictures.
0: But I knew they were fucking with me because it was uh-huh. so obvious, but then it happened. I'm like, but it happened. Oh, yeah, it, you, you, I see what you did there movie
1: uh-huh. and it does. You it got me. It does that constantly. And that's what I really love about it. Not being constantly ghosts all the time because that gets boring. Because but her, when it her, is. But her finding that old man in the hallway, it's not like, a, ah, surprise, he's here and it ends. No, it leads to a natural conversation because he's looking at the pictures in the hotel mm-hmm. and reminiscing. That guy was creepy most, buddy. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know who they got to play him, but... Yep, and I really love that I, it, it is of my opinion that he is just an incidental ghost. He's yeah. just an old man who was ready to end his life in the place where he had his honeymoon, like the best days of his life. Yeah. And I I do firmly believe that it wasn't something that like drew him there. I don't think it was a haunted spirit that drew him no. to the hotel to claim his soul. It, it's not an Abaddon situation. It's just an
0: old man who also happened to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And that it and again, plausibility. Plausibility is important for me in a movie because in order for me to truly be scared, and this movie truly scared me, it has to be plausible enough to just knock down my brain's natural defense. oh, that wouldn't happen because, or that wouldn't happen because of this, or because of that. Or, you know, that's all way supernatural. Nope. Everything they did was so planted in the reality of the film that I stopped even trying to fight that. That part of me stopped fighting it. And when that happened, this movie became utterly terrifying and what would be a limited scare in another movie. And I think a
1: good amount of the reason for that is if I remember correctly, we see the ghost exactly three times. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. And you for- do not need uh, every 15 minutes, wink, wink, the conjuring mm-hmm. every 15 minutes. You don't need a big spectacular CGI scare. Mm-hmm.
0: You need to let your movie breathe so that when it happens, you go and and think about the three that we saw there were two one in the background kind of in the shadows one was closer up but still very difficult to see but one where the light was just right and there was like a two-thirds turn and you could see the entire outline of the face and a little bit of the eye and the gruesomeness that was happening and a little bit of the sweat and that made the other one the other one is that the one that you remember before, more terrifying. And because you had seen it in between these two, it fills it in to make the second one where they didn't have to do the effect as much. That much more terrifying because your brain just filled it in because it saw it before you were imagining it. Then you really saw it. And then you're imagining it from your imagination and what you saw. And so the third time I saw it, I was damn near pissing my pants. And it was literally a, a like a... a You know, like a a silhouette. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't even, it was a tiny bit of light, so you knew what it was. A tiny bit of shadow, but mostly silhouette. But because of the way they set it up, vague, very stark, vague again, it was highly, highly effective. Yeah, it's just
1: a lady in, like, ghostly white makeup and a wedding dress. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's super easy, super effective when you don't show it constantly. Because I think the longest that it's ever shown in one frame is at most two seconds. Mm-hmm. You get glimpses of it. It fucking roars in her face one time. I think
0: I clocked that might be like the only true jump scare. Well, my favorite jump scare was the cheap jump scare at the beginning of the goddamn movie. Which one? The, the very first one where that. oh, you got to see this video. Oh, yeah. Because that's exactly, that was the time where everybody was doing that. Uh-huh. But I'd forgotten about it. I'm like, oh, shit, is, it gonna, is this door going to open? What's going to happen? Fuck. And it made me jump. But again, plausible to the story, funny, clever, and funny, mm-hmm. but not so clever that it, it has to, you know, take notice of it. Yeah. It was just a funny thing that happened. That was a thing that would happen. I guarantee you that if I thought I could get away with it and we were in a haunted place, I'd be like, dude, check this out. I've got this yeah. thing. Okay. I, I, yeah, just making a silly little
1: video with the cheapest jump scare at the end that mm-hmm. does not look real whatsoever.
0: And then they,
1: yeah, let you know that, like, yeah, sorry, I should have told you that it was coming. Well,
0: because what happened was when I was watching the um video, I'm thinking, okay, this video is something that was happening here at this place. That's what my brain said. I don't know if it was or not, but that's what my brain was telling me while I was watching it. So I'm looking to see one of them walk past it while they're still sitting in the chair. Or, you know, something like that. I'm That's what I'm looking for. Like, it really is haunted. He just doesn't know it, you know? And then all of a sudden, I'd see one of them, no, boom, wah you son of a bitch. And that was perfect, because it was kind of meta. It It spoke about itself, but it was totally plausible and organic to the movie, and uh-huh. I loved it.
1: Or the part where he walks up behind you and goes... I don't mean to scare the shit out of you, but I'm right behind you. (laughs) That was hilarious. And the, but but in it also deepens our, I I guess, affections toward the character because
0: we get to know that it's something that he does to her regularly. And here, here's my favorite part of this. Now that we're thinking, now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. When she finally gets him back, the way they set it up is I thought he was going to effectively re-see the ghost or see the ghost it set it up and I thought it was going to be the real thing. And, and for a while the, they set it up and then you see the sheet rise and I'm like, well, am I supposed to think she's fucking with her? Or is that supposed to be a rep? Ooh. And it goes longer and longer. And then you see the hands and I could, I was just envisioning the big old shit eating grin on her face, fucking with them, finally getting them back. Mm-hmm. But the way they set it up, they fuck with me several times because initially is it really the ghost? It's not the ghost. It's the girl fucking with him. Is it not the girl fucking with him? It is the girl fucking with him. God damn you, Ty. Mm-hmm. You just made me do three things in two seconds. Fuck you. And just the little addition of Kelly
1: McGillis. Hell God, yeah. She's so good in this. Hell yeah. She's the a basically a retired actress who's gotten into the healing mm-hmm. uh, the natural healing circuit mm-hmm. and And Luke just makes fun of her straight to her face,
0: drunk at the front desk. Well, and and again, you know, it was kind of funny though. It was speaking to the expectations and stuff. You know, if you're, let's say that we we took off next month and we were kind of C tier celebrities and you're used to people recognizing, but you know, people feel that you owe them because they've enjoyed whatever. And when you don't give them that experience, then you're automatically a dick. You know what I mean? Well, maybe Kelly McGillis' character was kind of being a little bit of a dick. But the, the reaction to that is like, oh, fucking they, they don't owe you shit. They've mm-hmm. already given you what they're giving you. You know what I'm saying? And I, I thought it was an interesting way to speak to that because I'm like, I'm sure everybody in that movie has dealt with situations similar. And, say, and it really is, when you kind of think about it, it is
1: a very devastating question that she asks uh, Claire and says, well, what do you do? Mm. Well, I work at the hotel. She said, no, I mean like in life, are you doing <laughs> this? Are you an aspiring actress? Is that why you have an astute knowledge of my work? Are you, no, I, I, I just work at the hotel and what a if- fucking devastatingly simple
0: question to ask somebody who has nothing in their life but conversely think of all the people that have come up maybe with ideas maybe she thought she was doing something cool okay what do you got what do you do what do you got i'm giving you some attention right now mhm throw it at me you know it and i've been in similar situations where i have access to you know uh i had access to certain equipment and somebody came to me and they said, I want to record this with you. And I'm like, okay, what do you have? Do you got about, you, you rap? Okay. Spit me six bars right now. What? I was like, I want to hear some bars. What do you got? I, I didn't prepare. I was like, you are, if you are indeed a rapper, I leaned back over the line. I was like, Hey, can somebody freestyle me three bars? Yeah. <laughs> Two guys jumped in and one guy jumped up and did another bar. And I was like, these guys don't call themselves rappers. Can you give me six bars? And he just slunk down. Because I was trying to help him out. I was literally going to introduce him to somebody that would let him sit down at least to listen to him to see if he had anything. You know what I mean? And I thought I was doing him a favor. He, he quit about a week later. And I was like, oh. The, and I found out he quit because of that. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. I just ask you a question. I, I don't care. I'm working. You know, I'm cleaning the same grease strap you're cleaning, buddy. But I, I can see where you'd think you're doing somebody a favor by doing that without you know, thinking you're going to hurt their feelings.
1: No, I know. That's why I'm saying yeah. it's a devastatingly, it like a devastating, innocent question. Like, oh, well, what? no. I mean, like, what do you do? <laughs> like, in life. And if you have no answer to that whatsoever, it's a real introspective moment. And when you are, is uh, I guess, childish, as the character of Claire is, oh, yeah. y- you see it cycle through her brain.
0: Hurt like a, and reacts like a child. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Didn't like you anyway. Kick <laughs> yeah. rocks. Yeah. Oh, wow. So there's so much to chew on in this movie. And, and I love movies like... Some movies I'll rewatch because of lore. You know, like the Abaddon, I'm going to watch them again with the wife because there's enough in there I can sink my teeth into, you know what I mean? The other ones I'll sink into because, you know, so much is happening that I don't process that quickly. This movie doesn't have any of that happening. I don't feel like I've missed anything huge like I do on some movies.
1: Yeah, and that's what I really like about this one, too, is there's no, like, oh, did you happen to catch that shadow that looked like a ghost in the corner? No, when there's ghosts, you fucking know it. Well, they'll tell you. Yeah. They'll show you, this is a fucking ghost. Uh-huh. There, there's still the fun game that they play, which, oh, what was that noise? It was this. What was what happened to this? What happened to that? And eventually, it stops being a uh, reasonable
0: response, and, oh, it's the fucking ghost. Mm-hmm. And, and every time the ghost manifests for real, somebody gets the fuck out of there. It's like when you see Kelly McGillis walk down the stairs with the crystal. Yep. She goes about halfway down the steps and in every other movie, you know, I kept expecting the crystal to vibrate. No, her hand was shaking. You know what I mean? And I expected to go straight out or go, hmm, or do something or glow. No, all of a sudden you see Kelly McGillis' face just go flat, no effect. And then she goes, they want to kill you. You need to leave. This is not safe here. Let's get the fuck out. Just go now. Don't, don't pass go. Don't collect $200. The fuck go out. Go very quickly. Collect your things. We need to leave immediately. And I, again, as a regular human being, I don't believe in none of that shit. I can get spooked. Like yesterday, I was watching the movie and I heard something and I, Sweating. I never, there's every time I look, there's never anything. It's usually water dripping, or you know, I've got a tree right by that you know, skitters on uh, whatever. Say that her fat cat sat down in the thunderous boom from the (laughs) hat, yes, (laughs) or he smacked applesauce in the head and you could hear the whack two rooms down, but no. Um, so I then, but I honestly saw rustling. A possum had gotten into one of the plastic bags I was going to take off my patio, and all of a sudden, I, <laughs> I knew it was a possum. I've lived in Michigan long enough that I know. But I forget they got fucking fangs on them, uh-huh. and they and, and their, their jaws fangs. can open up to almost ninety degrees, and they got those fucking two foot long heads, and,
1: and their teeth are always all fucked up from banging their stupid faces into shit. Yeah,
0: and they're like some are missing, and they're yellow and shit. Yeah, possums look a wreck. And they're fucking, it looks like a rat with, like a, a rabid rat with mange. But anyway, this fucking thing, they all hiss too. They go, yeah. so the fucking thing hisses and it runs out. I'm just like, God damn. Damn it. With their
1: gross-ass
0: naked rat tails. Yeah, I mean. and, and, and the hair that just looks greasy.
1: But they do eat ticks, so... I, I mean, I'll keep... I, I,
0: I don't fuck with them. I let them be, but... Yeah. Get away from me, you nasty motherfucker. Well, I'm glad he, he saw me and was like, fuck a bunch of all this, and, and decided to unass quickly. But, but yeah, I, I, again, in this movie, I, I, if that would... I don't believe in any of that, right? But I was spooked. But if somebody who really believed that shit walked into my house... And said, you need to get the fuck out of here right now. I'd be talking to them on the front lawn, going, why do I have to leave my house? <laughs> yeah. Why, why am I standing on the front lawn? Should, should somebody call my children? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> why are we standing here? King, Gavin, get in the house or get out of the house. Come get, on the lawn. We're going to play outside. Are you going in for them? Fuck no! No, why are we out here, <laughs> yeah. kids? Lawn now. You,
1: you tell me why we're out here, and then I'll
0: decide whether I want to save them or not. Yeah, because I, I, I'm reactionary. I don't really see, you know, I, I'm not. I don't plan anything out. I react to everything. So all of a sudden, if you get me into that mindset, I'm the fuck out. I'm not question. I'm not even going upstairs for my shit. I will call an Uber. I will. I will call a company to go get my stuff. Hey, can you? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in Chicago now. Can you? Uh, yeah, I got I left some of my stuff at this hotel. Can you go get it for me and send it back? Cause, uh, fuck me, going back into that place. I mean, I wouldn't go if I were you. I really wouldn't. But if you, if you're going to, I'm paying you. Okay. <laughs> And that's what I love when, yeah, because Kelly McGill
1: is straight up like, we need to go. You need to gather your things immediately. We need to get out of here right now. And she goes back for the old man, and that's when she finds him dead in the bathtub. And well, that's see, when
0: uh, Pat Healy arrives. Well, again. see, in my head, they left. And, they got, and she's still alone in there. And then when they're talking to her again, that's her brain saying, hey, go back down and go do this thing. We've got your back or whatever you know, before she went downstairs because the timeline didn't seem to work out that if he came right back because he could have gone through the front door and let her in that way or let her out that way. Oh, I I don't know. No, I'm just saying that (laughs) that's why in my head, I'm like, he did come back. You have confused the living shit out of me here, James. I don't know how to respond to any of this. No, that's okay. I would have to um, draw diagrams with, lines and arrows and things. <laughs> or, or like, the, you know, they show those conspiracy theories with all the yarn going back. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I could probably... And pro- you've incorporated
1: six different movies. And you're like, James, this doesn't make any sense. It will. Will, give me five more minutes. <laughs> hey, yes, he you your red-eyed chain-smoking. <laughs> Just-
0: and As you can see here, because of the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> see, in 1964, <laughs> it clearly states in my copy... <laughs> yeah. Water chip down. <coughs> oh. That when he goes tharn the second time. <laughs> James, this is devolved into madness. Devolved. I don't think it was ever sane to begin with, buddy. Oh <coughs> Oh my great oogly moogly. now this movie though, it it was just every everything that I want in a movie, every time we say a movie's lacking in something, this movie has in spades. I mean... The... It, it does... I I looked up some reviews for it uh-huh. because,
1: again, it's one of... Like, I really, really love it. It has a solid, like, middle-of-the-road 5.5-ish range reviews. And it has been accused of being boring. And that is where I disagree highly because every good ghost movie gives you characters. Because, mm-hmm. once again, when there's too much ghost... Your movie is boring. When there's too much ghost, you have to explain too much. And then you're getting bogged down in lore that you don't need. Because then you start to
0: trip on your dick on your own lore. Okay, well. A la Hell House. Okay, but let's take a look at the different types of horror fans. Because now everybody I know, because I would never talk about horror movies before. So I assume nobody liked horror movies because I would never talk about it now that i like horror movies i realize how many people like horror movies but they like them differently like there's the there's the gore hounds i'm going to fucking like this movie no but we take a look at people who love character driven movies the movie's scary as fuck to those people there's no it there's very few times where there's this movie's like in between it's gory when it's gory it is fucking gruesome but the characterization is fucking there and it's rare in movies like these which really appeals to somebody like me however a lot of horror fans might go w- what about the kills and how come you know they should have been somebody's throat shot? i didn't see any blood spirit there's no arterial spell where's the where's the fucking ghost ripping hearts out jesus christ what kind of fucking movie is this yeah you know and and again i could just see that this movie is what be almost an art house film. If it had just been about that relationship. Yeah. And where, where there was never a spooky, but the spooky was part of the movie as everybody was in their own head. And then you tie it to something else as a theme. And then it would have been an art house movie. And it could have been that. And it could have been great as that movie. It could have been great as a straight horror movie, but it did the thing, which I love again, everything was organic. People left when they should have left the reason she can't even look downstairs was absolutely plausible. Yep. So all of it worked. But again, if you're just a horror fan or just a drama fan or a romantic comedy fan, this movie isn't just one of these things. It's all of these things. And if you're not open to that, then it's not going to work at all. But that does not take away from the all-around perfectly packaged movie that this is it it doesn't it doesn't overextend itself and it's not one of those little shorty shorts you know what i mean yeah it's a perfect length for what it is um and i love the fact too that i was just as scared in a well-lit clean place with no obvious obvious spookies and again everything is is plausible but it was just as scary as some of the dimly lit, real dark, grungy looking ones because I was never comfortable. Yeah. And it, it, the ending is fucking bleak because Claire's just killed. Mm-hmm.
1: That's it. We find out in the epilogue that. Uh, oh, that's Ruby. That's, okay. that's the neighborhood kitty that just ran into join I was going to say, us. that's not Fluffy. No. That's uh, why I think I was confused as fuck. Yeah, we find out in the epilogue that, yeah, uh, Luke stood at the top of the stairs and heard her scream and listened to her die. And now he has to just go get Kelly McGillis to go talk to the police because, you know, they have to answer these questions. Nobody really has answers. There's okay. no,
0: like, ulterior motive. It's just bleak. Yeah, a woman was killed. But just think there are two entrances to go downstairs. Okay, you can go in the front door, go downstairs, and then there's the locked one there. The cellar door, yeah. Right. If he was going to save her, he would have had to walk, he could have just walked into the house, walked downstairs, and handed her the inhaler. That's why I think that what she saw in the place was a manifestation of the ghosts.
1: Well, he says that he heard her screaming and he tried to break down the door, but he wasn't strong enough to do so. And it's a really, like, uh-huh. not shameful moment, but
0: you can see him just kind of, like, shrink and, like, yeah, I listened to her die. I, I guess I guess, um, I have never personally been involved in getting into a house that was locked, but windows exist. and <laughs> You don't have to be strong to break one of them. right. I, I don't know where you're going with any of this.
1: What but. I'm saying
0: is that I think that maybe he, like, in the realm of the movie, and this is why I, I have those little lines going from place to place, is that had he come straight back, he would have walked to the front door and at least broke a window in my head. But it also could have been that she she went downstairs because she thought other people were inside the place, but they weren't nobody was there and he came when he came back, she was already maybe almost dead, and it wasn't enough time for him to get down. That's why I put it together like that. Oh, see, I got none of that
1: from that film. That's why I was so confused as to what you were talking. No about. that's
0: okay, but I've been kind of trained to read things into it while I'm watching it often rewarded for it. Sometimes it turns out like today where I've read a whole different movie into what wasn't there. Yeah. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like what in the ever loving fuck is James talking about? Well, sometimes I have to go back to timing. I was like, well, it would have been enough time to go up front and kick a window in. It had those big windows up front on the porch. Right. But she was in a basement. Right. Which you can get into from inside.
1: The cellar door was locked. That's why he said I outside. tried. To- no, yeah. the cellar door from the inside was locked. Oh, He was trying to break it down. He
0: wasn't strong enough to do so, and then he listened okay. to her die. Okay, In my head, he all he had to do was walk into the house, and he couldn't, and I'm like, no, fuck you movie. No. That's... Okay. That's a whole different... But do you see where I... Again, you can see why I would be trained from other movies to do that. Because, like, especially with the Abaddon shit that we watched, everything meant something, and everything... If you're standing by one door this time and that door another time, it meant something else. So my brain's still working on that kind of thing. <laughs> you, I say, you have absolutely lost me and I don't know what to do now. Just nod, smile, and don't make direct eye contact. You'll be all right. <laughs> say, no on, s- this, on
1: this audio medium, my complacency in being quiet will probably not be appreciated. <laughs> well, by our listeners.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. I should shut the fuck up. Hey, James. Yes. Where can people find us? They can find us at horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. They can also. No, they can. Nobody's looking for us at gmail.com. Why not? you Absolutely not. Oh, man. Okay. Dot cam. Ugh. Oh, I got to get real, real Michigan there. Cam. Say, you goddamn Chicago filth. You say it the correct way. Hey. Anyway, where else can people find us? Like we do have a or Vomit Facebook page. You can find us on all the podcatchers.
1: And if you wouldn't mind going to any of those podcatchers, giving us a five-star review, five-word review, mm-hmm. uh, helps get the word out, especially if it's positive. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to
0: be. If you want to expose more people to shit like this of us bickering about things that happened, <laughs> I would like to. I would like to see us in the top seventy, just like when you poor when you punch in or maybe if you get down about 50 or 60 down maybe we're there that would be nice we're we're shooting for the bottom of the barrel folks and we just want to get in the barrel can we do that no we just want to slide in the crack at barrel. the minute
1: we get in that barrel it's going right over niagara falls and podcasting is officially over we're going to have to get a license and we can't afford that no
0: not, not at on all. these meager wages However, 100. if anybody can get us five hundred bucks, fucker, we talk. We're gonna about? do the girls' podcast. I'm we telling absolutely you, absolutely or not, you I, shut your goddamn face. Give us money, five hundred bucks. We will I hate do it. You and your
1: aging face, you old son of a bitch, who can withstand anything to put in front of his stupid fucking face. No, I'm not watching the god. Hi, Ruby. I'm not watching the goddamn new girl. I know it was my idea, and how dare we? Should probably bring this into a push close because now I'm just button. rambling and yelling, push and nobody needs to hear button. any of this. I'm sorry, button. everyone. I apologize. Push. I understand now. why we're not in the top seventy <laughs> with the and goddamn push the thing. You're really eyeballing that fucking cat, and really demanding that I push this button. I really don't want to. So